Chapter 1. The Street Life Starter Pack I had just finished working with a prisoner and was making my way out of the prison. One of the key workers stopped me and asked if I could do her a massive favour. She was working with a young man and believed he was ready for change. I asked why she was so convinced by him. She said, it's the way he talks and he keeps saying, the time is now. Intrigued by this, I followed her back to the room where the prisoner was waiting. She opened the door and said, Leon, meet Donovan, with an E, not an A. Prison is inevitable for those who choose to live a so-called life of crime. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. I have spent years trying to help people avoid the pitfalls of regret. We should learn from our mistakes, but even better than that, we should learn from the mistakes of others. There was a time when the younger generation were forced to sit and listen to elders. Now we see old people as being deluded and outdated. We spend more time filming them for funny video clips than learning from them. I am very passionate about what I do, the work I do. But working in schools with young people isn't just about passion, it's necessary. I agreed to spend the day at an all-boys school. The school had concerns about the amount of students glorifying gangster rap music and wanting to be involved in the street life. I sat down with a group of 25 boys. I began by saying, sit quietly, relax and listen. Allow me to take your imagination on a journey and please save all the questions to the end. Don't interrupt me as this information may one day save your life. At 14 years old, the trap life seems so enticing. The girls, the guys, the music, the clothes, the attitude, being defiant and just being able to say and do whatever you like. You're still in school, which means you have little to no responsibilities. All you have to care about is feeling good, looking good and who you're going to date next. Two years, you have to make a choice that will affect the next 10 years of your life. So let's say you decide to go down the trap route and please understand, it's called trap for a reason. At 16 years old, you're free from education, but you need money, which means you need a job. Working in some greasy fast food place just isn't going to do well for your credibility. So you apply for sports shops, thinking You'll get kitted out and have all the latest gear, right? But that's wrong. They don't give you any clothes and the money you get paid won't be enough to keep you in a lavish lifestyle. Sports shops are overwhelmed with job applicants. So the chances of you actually getting a job in JD or Foot Locker is highly unlikely. And let's be honest, your grades, mm, they won't be that great. So now you decide to hit the road and make some money. You don't want to do anything too drastic and you don't want to get in too much trouble. So you decide to sell a little bit of weed. You meet up with a few friends from the area. You buy an ounce for about £180 and you make some contacts. If you're smart and you work hard enough, you'll make about £200 profit in a few days if you're smart. Eventually, word gets around. You get more customers. Your phone starts to ring every other minute, making you feel like you're the man. 
you're a hit at the parties, you have a new girlfriend, you have new clothes, and you can get a fresh haircut every single week, you're back for the very first time. The girl you have has to be like-minded. You cannot be unevenly yoked. You see, you can't be in the trap life and she be studying to be a doctor. Because when things go bad, and believe me, they will go bad, she has to be prepared to deal with the consequence. If you get caught, she gets caught. Simple as that. Rapper Biggie Smalls once said, more money, more problems. Every business has competition. Your competitors are going to want to take you out. And I don't mean that for dinner. I mean, take you off the face of the earth. So now you have to watch your back and you're limited to where you can go and where you can't go. Six months in, you look around and you realise something. No Range Rover, no diamonds, no big house, no big £10,000 chains, just not enough money. So you need to progress. Every business does. So the natural progression from selling the green is selling the whites. Or you can smash and grab. Here's the dilemma. Street level sales of cocaine two to three or four wraps and driving a car through a shop window almost carry the same sentence. The real difference is, which do you have the guts for? You see, if you sell the hard drugs, the conflict with other drug dealers become much more serious. Gun serious, bullet serious, family in danger serious. And if you drive a car through a shop window and someone decides to become a hero, you're not going to want to get caught. So you're going to have to fight for your own freedom. And you may have to use a weapon. So what started off as a robbery has now escalated to armed robbery or aggravated assault or aggravated burglary and so on and so on. Now you could face 10 years in prison. Or you could leave this life behind. You can get a job, start a business, find a career, you'll still be young enough to start over. But let's just say that you decide to carry on with the trap life. Fast forward to 19 years old. Selling the hard food, as it's known, has been very profitable. You've encountered a few bumps, scrapes on the way, a few fist fights, broken bones, broken teeth. Not yours, other people. You see, in this line of work, you have to be respected. And when people don't respect you by not paying or paying late, they have to be made an example of. Because if you don't, word gets around. And if word gets around, that's your credibility gone and your business gone. Listen, it's only a matter of time before the police catch you or your rivals catch you. Either way, the consequence is going to be very severe. So fast forward, 22 years old. You've been shot, you've been stabbed, beat up, but you're still alive. You have a nice car, a nice house. So it's all made it worth it in a way. But what you don't have is peace. You don't have normality. You don't have days off. You can't do normal things. You can't go Christmas shopping. You can't go into town. You can't do cinema trips. You can't take the family to fairs or even go for a walk. 
Because if you get seen by the wrong people, you, your children, your missus, you're going to get shut up. The class looked at me, silence. I told the boys a story of a previous client I had. This client was walking through town with his two-year-old daughter. He was set upon by three rivals. They smashed him in the face with a fire extinguisher and he dropped his two-year-old daughter on her head. The general public saved his life, the police were called. When he phoned his dad to tell him what happened, his mother answered. They were in the back of an ambulance. A group of men had broken into their parents' house, scolded his dad with hot water because they couldn't get him. Before I could finish the story, a young man from the class stood up and said, well, that man and his family must have been weak. My dad and my uncles would have dealt with them people all day long. The rest of the class laughed and started shouting, my G, my G. The teacher said, shh, sit down. I said, no, let him stand. I said, have your say, young man. He said, my people are about that trap life. He said, you're wrong. It doesn't always end bad. My family are still going strong. I was born and raised in a life, you get me? The strong survive. I said, I agree. But you may not be a strong one. Don't wait to find out. Don't leave it till it's too late. The time is now. What's your name, young man, I asked. He said, Donovan, with an E, not an A. It's said that you should never be certain for certainty. But there are some things in life that are just predictable. Donovan ending up in jail was one of them. The chances of me meeting him in prison on a Monday at 5pm 10 years later was inconceivable. Donovan was now a 24 year old man. He looked at me with disbelief. He dropped his head in his hands and started shouting, God is real, God is real. The key worker reached for a walkie talkie in panic. I told her it was okay. He looked up at me and said, I have prayed for this day. Donovan and I spoke for an hour. He said he had thought about me every day for the last six years of his life. He said everything I said to him 10 years ago in that classroom played out step by step. He was coming to the end of a three year sentence for selling drugs and wanted out of the lifestyle. His two uncles had been killed and his dad was serving life in prison for armed robbery that had gone wrong. His girlfriend and his children had to be relocated and their identities had to be changed because of his lifestyle. He spoke about the inevitability of his situation and being born into the trap life rather than choosing it. He spent years blaming his mum for leaving him when he was 10 years old, but now understands why she left. She wasn't built for that life and she was too young when she met his dad. Rather than being angry about the past, he said he was grateful to be able to start again and was looking forward to meeting his girlfriend and his children. He said he was hopeful because he remembered what I said about being young enough to start again. He figured if everything else I said was true, then why couldn't that be? Over the next six months, Donovan and I worked very closely together. 
Upon his release, he also relocated to be with his children and his girlfriend. He eventually got married. He figured out that peace was more important than money and status. He said he wanted to break the cycle of hurt and pain. He didn't want his children to enter the trap life and end up like him, his dad or his uncles. End of chapter one.